0: good morning everyone and welcome to this edition of freeman means business wonder women in business podcast everyone has a story and on our show we love to amplify the voices of those stories that are moving and meaningful today's guest is kat dehan kat welcome to the show i know you have a lot to share and i'm super excited
1: Um, tell us more about you and why are you here Hi, Susan. Um, Well, I'm here because thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm so excited to be here, Um, a big fan. Um, I am here because I um, have kind of a convoluted story in my my history and I think it's really one that I like to share because I think that many women kind of um, face the same obstacles I have. Um, My background is um, in apparel manufacturing and I was in sales and product development, but um, just, I was at a company that was closing. um, And right then I was also having a baby. And so I kind of went head down into um, being a stay-at-home mom, which actually then turned into doing some part-time work. So I like to call it uh, a part-time stay-at-home mom, because that was my first job. (laughs) And I I don't get the credit for um, looking that because it is a job. (laughs) It is. Um, Totally. Yeah. So, um, but when I was uh, in about 2015 or 14, actually, I um, decided I wanted to really get back into the work and um, I felt that I need to make myself relevant again. And so I dove into entrepreneurship and I know that a lot of women do that and it's not easy. And um, I just want to um, be there for those women and say that you can.
0: Let me just stop you right there, because you you just said the sentence and said the words, but I want everybody listening to really think about this. Um, I did what she did. It is so hard. It's not just not easy. It is so hard. It, you're you're scared. You're wondering. You know, will I be accepted? How do I get back into the workforce? Oh my God, what what has happened that I didn't learn while I was out? Um, how do I transfer the skills of managing my family, my home, and all the things that I was doing as you call in my uh, job? working from home, you know, being a parent, plus running the house, plus doing part-time work, how do I transition that to the work world, going back into the, you know, in my case, corporate world? Um, it is so hard. So, so hard. Yeah, um, and, and it's amazing. You did it well. So carry on. I just wanted to stress how
1: difficult it really is and that we feel your pain, folks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just so much to keep on uh, the the content, but also just the technology, keeping up with that. You know, if you get stepped out for a year, uh, even six months, you know, now Clubhouse is the newest thing and everybody's on it. And and it seems to be like the new place that businesses need to go. But if if that wasn't the case two months ago. So it's really hard when you are trying to re enter the workforce. Um, And so I um, got creative. Um, I invented a product, it's a beauty tool, um, that I, uh, was able to, because of my prior contacts was able to bring back to market and, um, start that company. And we were pretty successful. We were able to launch in in the U.S., um, also in the U.K., Japan, and Korea. So that kind of brought me back into the entrepreneurial and and workforce. And um,
0: I want you to tell us about it. You know, (laughs) you can can sell it, sister. I mean, own your story. This is not you working for the man or the machine, making them rich. You have done this. This is your story. So I did. Yes.
1: Thank you, but it, I did have a, a male partner um, who was great, and um, we Yay. did it together. But I did realize as we were fundraising and trying to figure out the mechanics of the business that I did somewhat become the girl in the room, which uh. was very frustrating, right? Uh. Even though it was my product, I I invented it. Um, you know, my partner was great; he was supportive, but you know, it was still I, I was sidelined a lot. So. Um, When I met, I was introduced to Breen Sullivan and Sarah Feingold, the co founders of the fourth floor, which is my newest enterprise. Um, And they were
0: Love them, love the enterprise, love what you're doing.
1: (laughs) Thanks. Um, They were talking about a similar pain point for general counsels to get involved in the entrepreneurial ecosystem. And I said, Oh, this is my chance, this is my opportunity to uh, help. Women entrepreneurs help support them, get them the connections they need, make sure that they're the voice heard in the room. Um, you know, let them let help them shine
0: yeah it seems to me more than pulling up a chair you're like
1: standing on the table (laughs) I want want to stand on that table stomp on it and make sure I'm helping everybody through the room
0: (laughs) me, hear me yes exactly I love it I love it my cheeks are burning because I'm smiling so hard
1: oh good thanks
0: yeah so tell me more
1: about the fourth floor if you don't mind Sure. I mean, it's a it's an entrepreneurial ecosystem, um, and basically, we have three stakeholders, which are the uh, founders, women founders who are building their companies. Um, we have women executives who are looking for advisory roles, um, and we have investors. And those investors can include, one, you know, uh, women from the first two groups, um, and they're really just supporting this whole almost. We call it. Or it could be looked at like a virtuous circle because we're all helping each other.
0: The trifecta uh, right there. You've completed, right. it. there's no gap. That's awesome. Wow.
1: Right, because if I had had advisors in my, I business, was just gonna say, where were you when I started? Right, and I wish I would have known. You know, just if yeah. I would have known that I could have built out an advisory board early on in my business, I would have, uh, you know, saved me a lot of money, a lot of um, heartache, a lot of. It would have given me the support that I needed to to launch it faster. There's so many pluses, so I really want women founders to know that what they can do, and how to do it.
0: And it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, God, you know, I wish i had had them then, right? I'm 54. I've had my business since 2010. Um, but, you know, I'm limiting myself because it doesn't matter your age. You could still, you know, join the fourth floor and get help and get advice and be an advisor if you're on the other side of that success story. So, um here I am with my self-limiting thoughts and beliefs going, oh, I wish I had known them then, but no, I'm, I'm a member. I mean, I could definitely benefit and partake. So there's no limit there. Um, Don't limit yourself, ladies and folks out there listening.
1: Um, Absolutely. You know, we had somebody ask us a question about, um, uh, was 67 too early or too late to start a business? And that's a resounding no. Like it's never too late. If you have a good idea, and you have, and you can find people to support you, then it's much needed. Like you should never downplay like how the importance of what you can do.
0: That's so powerful. That's sort of like, I mean, I'm again, 54, my husband's 60. We start to think about, is it too late to do this, that, and the other? It's not, I mean, like, hey, 54 is the new 34, right? Right, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Awesome. Well, I love what you and your partners are doing, but let me get to know you personally a little bit more. So um, tell us about your background. You know, what, you know, where did you grow up? What what motivated you? Did you have any mentors, any sponsors who inspired you personally, professionally? You know, I want to know you.
1: So I have a, my background, my, my, my personal story is a little complicated. I grew up in Seattle. I was born in Switzerland, moved to Seattle when I was two. And then um, when I was going to college, my parents moved back to Europe, they ended up in Italy. Um, so I'm kind of like, I, I, I think it's funny now, but I'm kind of like the American cousin that's still here. <laughs> My whole family is over there. Um, but part, what part? I used to live in Lugano and in Brazil. Oh yeah, no, they're in Zurich. Nice. Yeah, so it's fun. fun. We get to go visit my sisters, and they're all everybody's families are there. So it's really fun. But I think that I learned a lot, um, kind of you know, um, seeing both sides, seeing the pluses of what America brings, see the process that Europe can bring, the different cultures, the business. Um, I think it's really interesting um, to hear and see different perspectives. I Um, have to
0: apologize for our current president. I'm sorry, I usually don't don't get political on my show,
1: but. (laughs) Can we get into that?
0: you can i mean look i i used to be like i should tiptoe around that but after recent events i'm proud to not tiptoe i'm like i mean the line the line is no longer blurred like
1: I'm I am so with you and I think it's actually really important to have a political discourse and, right, and the fact that right. people don't talk about politics is one of the reasons why Danger. we're all in our own echo chambers so
0: exactly exactly I was on the call with some women you absolutely need to know and I'll introduce you because they should be uh, in the fourth floor for sure uh, there, One of them is a successful entrepreneur. She started her business maybe four or five years ago, um, but she's a rock star in legal operations and you would love her. But this morning she was telling me, um, you know, you know, is it wrong you know I'm I'm dug into my thoughts and feelings and political beliefs and I vote my values and not my fears but so are they and then she right. said and, and then years go by and I'm thinking well you know that line is not you know I, I'm now I look to my right I look to my left and when I look to my right do I see a Nazi because I think that's pretty clear that I can now say no they're wrong <laughs> they're totally
1: right, right. wrong <laughs> no
0: more am I going to be you know um, open-minded about that I can clearly put my foot down on that and say, no, you're wrong. Um, yeah. It's but,
1: funny that it's so hard for us to
0: do that. I know. I know my friends from Germany were telling me um, I, in my master's program, I got, I mean, I made really close friends from all over the world, you know, so uh, Scandinavian countries and it, you know, all of Europe. And they were telling me my friends from Germany would tell me that they can't even fly their flag because they, they're not allowed to be too nationalistic. And they just are shocked at how Uh, this country has become so nationalistic and individualistic. And we studied a lot of Geert Hofstede's uh, cultural dimensions work and how America has become so you know, border. I mean, I don't want to divert from our, our original conversation, but I'll just say this, we have become so nationalistic that it's almost, you know, fascist. So anyway, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll bite my tongue, chew on my tongue for a while on that. But, uh, you know, I, I, as, as someone who has, you have a global worldview, you probably look at, at what's going on with your jaw dropped. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it, unfortunately, I think it's the case throughout the world that, that it's become so polarized, and I think we need to somehow get back yes. to the middle.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Where we can all disagree or agree to disagree.
0: What happened to civil political discourse? If I could make a book recommendation, um, if you don't mind, hijack yeah, your, your podcast. Everyone, um, it's not an easy read. It's, it's very deep, very difficult. If you're a... a scholarly person like I and you like nerdy reads you'll love it if you're not you'll struggle through it but love it anyway it's called the righteous mind why good people are divided over politics and religion now granted it was written back when Romney was running against Obama and the guy who wrote it Dr. Jonathan Haidt had no clue what was coming (laughs) like I think he 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 was talking about liberals versus conservatives before we ever even heard of, you know, what we saw last week or two weeks ago in the Capitol. So, you know, he may need to write a new book (laughs) soon, Um, but it's a great read and it really does open your mind to another's point of view. It talks about the difference between morality and ethics and do you really know what that is and liberty versus freedom and equality versus, you know, so it's, it's a unique and interesting read. It's a difficult read. And it's very, um, you know, an important read. Um, it, 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 I don't know, I would suggest you buy it and read it. But right now, we're going to talk about you in the fourth floor, because you're more fascinating than that fascinating book. No, but
1: thanks for the tip. I always look for good books.
0: <laughs> well, tell me who inspired you, Kat, because you're, you're like a global, uh, even your name is, you know, unique and, and it draws you in. It makes you ask questions about who you are. Tell me who Kat is. Um,
1: that's so broad. <laughs> um, I will say, I will start with this. Um, One of my big inspirational, the big inspirational figures in my life has been my mother-in-law, nice. um, Penny Coleman. She has um she is a author and historian and has written many books on um the biographies of women
0: um
1: yeah so she's written a book called the riveter rosie the riveter um she wrote one on madam cj walker she has a great um anthology of books she's written And, and it's just it's just where I haven't always focused on women and gender issues she has you know I've I've been married now for over 25 years and so throughout that time I've seen her passion and it's definitely worn off off on me so I always inspired me more and more to actually act on some of the things that she's fighting to you know bring to light in her books.
0: She must be so proud of you. One that is my background, gender, women's studies, etc. I I love your mother in law. I don't know her. She needs to be on my show. I would love to know her. Um, send me her books. I'm gonna buy them and I'm gonna read them and I'm gonna love them and promote them. Um, I will. Yeah, but she must be so proud of you. I,
1: well, I hope so. <laughs>
0: look what you're doing. I mean, you're an amazing woman. I know women don't like to self promote. So I'm going to promote you. Um, Look what you're doing with your life experiences with, you know, all the wishes that women across the country have, you're, you're turning them into realities. You're saying do something about your thoughts, do something about your dreams.
1: Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's 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 my main goal. My personal goal is to break down those barriers because a lot of women, one, have a hard time, like I said earlier, get back into the workforce. But two, also just to know where to start. I think that's the hardest part. Like a lot of people ask me, oh, you know, I have an idea. I have a great idea. How do I get that to market, or what do I do? And I and I and I try to break it down to them so that it's actually manageable. And once you see the path, um, you know you can do it it's all about whether you want to if you want to do it you can do it so i try to i try to do that with with when i talk to other female entrepreneurs and 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 just trying to help them out knowing that they can do it that's a very powerful
0: comment you just made it's almost the difference between just you know coming up with a written mission statement versus a passion or a purpose statement, or your ikigai, if you will, you know, the thing that drives you from the inside out, not just, you know, a, a task that you go through in writing a business plan, or, you know, you got to have your vision and your mission and your strategy. It's what compels you to wake up in the morning.
1: Um, yeah. And a friend of mine once told me about his father and and, you know, he's older and he wasn't Maybe he suffered from a little bit from depression, but he he said his father was so sad that he never did anything with his life, that it was just, he just went through the emotions. And that really struck me because that's, you know, not every, not everybody can live out their passions, but at the same time, you shouldn't. You know, I hope that you do something that you're proud of and that you like to work on, even if it's a side hustle, even if it's a, you know, a hobby, but it's something that you find in life that, that really like you know, inspires you and motivates you.
0: That is so true. And I think the majority of people, I have no science to back this up. This is just me being me and all the people I've interviewed. And there's been, there have been many, many, many. Um, but I will say all too often in this life, We know entertainment, but we do not know true joy. Um, There's a huge difference. And so I tell my son, find that which gives you true joy. Even like you said, even if it's your side hustle, something that, you know, makes you smile from the inside out. It's not about, you know, it's not always about making you money or paying the bills. Yes, you have to do that. But true joy is something bigger than that, right? It's not about checking boxes.
1: Yeah. And I would also say, if you're an entrepreneur and you really want to get your business off the ground, you better have those feelings for your business because otherwise, it's going to be really hard to get motivated. (laughs) It will
0: kick your ass otherwise.
1: It it takes 24-7. And if you don't have that passion about it, then don't even start.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And I think that is that, that, you can't put your finger on it, but people know kind of what you mean when you say entrepreneurial spirit, um, you know, that spirit, that drive, other people call it crazy, right? So right. you got to have that kind of crazy um, because you're doing it for a thing, you know, you're not making the money immediately, right? You're not doing it for the money because it's, it's got to be something bigger than the money. you um, you're, it's blood, sweat, and tears. It's, it's from the inside out. Like I keep saying, I think people know what that means. There are no external forces or labels or titles or money or drivers. It's got to come from the inside out. Well, that's a perfect segue to my next question. And you do this every day. This, this question may even seem silly to you because you live it. Um, But what's something that women can do just on a regular, you know, daily basis, Uh, to support other women in business? Just a little, you know, piece of advice. It doesn't have to be, you know, a grand scheme.
1: I would say I learned a lesson. I I, I went through my first part of my career thinking that I knew everything and that I was, I could be picky and choosy on who I would get back to. And I think now i err on the side of getting back to everyone and making sure that i follow up with everyone because you never know who they might be who they are how you can help them how you you know what what kind of negative impact you would have on them if you weren't responsive i think it's so important that we. We really support each other by just connecting, and if it, even if it, somebody reaches out in, in a sales email, respond to them and say no, thank you, not right now, or or give them some kind of um, feedback um, because then they'll either one learn from it, or you know maybe you made their day by doing that. Um, I just think it's really important. Um, and, and for women, especially, I think, because we have such a, we're up against harder. Yeah. Harder. Um, I don't the know, odds. But yeah, yeah, the odds that, you know, the more we talk, that I've had now multiple relationships that have grown out of me saying no. So I think it's really important to, you know, and, and if a woman reaches out to you wanting something, respond and, and, and show them maybe how, a, a If you can recommend a way for them to get what they need or, or if they can help, if you can change them to help you in some way, I guess just being responsive.
0: You know, I have to tell you, I've interviewed over 250 people on my podcast and no one has ever said that. And I almost have tears in my eyes because that is what we call empathy. And of course, when you're young, you don't have it as much. It comes with wisdom and sometimes wisdom comes with age, not that you're old, but I'm just saying that I couldn't think of a better answer to that question. And even if the answer is no, not right now, or even if it's no and here's why, feedback is a sign of respect and wow. I mean that is so powerful.
1: Um, Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad you understood. I wasn't sure if I was being clear, but yeah no, you're being
0: <laughs> totally clear. I Uh, not not because I'm Italian or Sicilian or any of those stereotypes, but I remember all the people that didn't respond. I totally, I'm like, you know, and a lot of them are like, hey, I'd like to reconnect. And I'm not, you know, a vengeful person. I'm like, of course, you know, I'm always putting myself in the other person's shoes saying maybe at that time in her life, she was not able to, you know, bring herself to the table or help me or whatever. But um, I do recall, I recall the pain of being ignored or worse, you know, um, and now they're coming back around and it's like, karmically, I do the right thing always.
1: Yeah. Know? And we can't promise, right? Like we try to answer, I, or I try to answer everybody. I'm not always perfect, but you know, the idea of it, I think that's what, that it's, it's the way that we can really help each other.
0: Well, I try to take the meeting always, even if it's then to say, here's why I'm not the person to meet with you or to help you, but I can introduce you to the right person. Or here's why I think you need to tweak this idea a bit before you present it to someone I'm going to introduce you to. Or
1: here's why I'm a hell no on that. Right. And that's invaluable. Yes. Somebody had guided me in that way. It would have saved me so much time and heartache. So I, I just really appreciate that.
0: Um, living in Boston for 12 years, I learned the gift of being open, honest and direct, which I had to, you know, shake a lot of that sweet Southern girl off when I moved to Boston because, I, you know, you never want to hurt anybody's feelings. You're raised to be nice and be kind. And if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Well, that didn't help me well in business in Boston. So I had to learn to be open, honest and direct and be able to say no. And here's why. And and that kind of advice really helps, especially women, Um, because then you can tweak or change or choose not to and say, I don't need to take that advice and I'm gonna move forward in my own direction. So I love that answer. Oh my God, I'm like, well, what a great! And I
1: think also, I just want to add that, like, you know, it's easier to do in person, but on email where we get bombarded with so many emails per day or texts or LinkedIn messages, you know, it's so easy to just say, oh, not right now. But I think that's where we have to really work hard to do that that same kind of response you know
0: one one way to facilitate that and it's it's a blessing and a curse is calendly so i have subscribed to one of those calendars that you just put it in your signature line And now I'm open to the public. People book all the time. I have totally put myself out there. And so my schedule will be booked like 24-7. I have to go in and block off some time just to take a bath, right? So I get these calls and I get on these Zoom calls and I'm like, it's so nice to meet you. Can you tell me why we're here? Like, I, you know, is there an agenda for this call? And I'm, you know, when you're a person like you and I are, and I, I believe you to be this, you're raw, you're real, you're what you see is what you get, WYSIWYG, right, um, it, you're, I, you have to be totally open, honest, and direct, and say, hey, I don't know why we're meeting, but I'm, I'm all ears, I didn't prepare, you know, I didn't know our agenda, but when you put a calendly link in your signature line, you've got to be open for that kind of, you know, onslaught, um, and I, and I am, I am, but, you know, I'm not always prepared, I'm not polished, I'm not, you know, pristine or perfect in my uh, calls.
1: (laughs) And I think that's totally fine. (laughs) You show up and that's what's important. (laughs) Right,
0: I show up, I may not be made up or it ain't (laughs) pretty, as they say in the South, it ain't pretty, but (laughs) it is what it is. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, Have you had a big challenge? I know you have, but one that you're willing to share uh, about a setback or challenge and how did you overcome it?
1: Um, I want to say that, you know, um, it, that's a difficult question, because I've had a few that are really that have shaped my life, one of them being um, some, some health issues in my family, um, and some being mental health issues, which I'm so happy to see that the world is being coming more open and willing to talk about those things. Um, and the way I got through that was to focus on work. <laughs> that was an easy way to kind of distract and put my energy somewhere that then also made me more um, productive in helping those people. Um, and then on a work level, you know, when my company, I didn't mention it earlier, but the beauty tool company um, was called Dip into Pretty. Um, we were, we weren't able to sustain it because, um, we were manufacturing in China and unfortunately, um, we're quickly out, um, manufactured by the knockoffs and weren't able to compete. So we closed it. Um, and what I really wanted to focus on is that while that it didn't leave, lead up to like the big dream successes of, of, um, money and, you know, being able to to build it into a bigger company. It taught me a ton. And I think that's why when I joined the fourth floor, I was so, I was able to hit the ground running and knew kind of what I wanted my part to be and, um, and how I was able to play with um, the other founders and make things you happen. you
0: see the beauty in that? That's, you know, the winner learn never lose mentality. That's amazing. Um, yeah I
1: mean at the time you always feel like it's the worst thing that could ever happen to you (laughs) and then step back and you're like oh this actually you know what I'm stronger and I'm better for it it wasn't fun but it is great now
0: what was your path forward to where you are now so I'm glad you went through that sorry but not sorry right so right
1: right (laughs) me too (laughs) Um, um, what was my path to get here
0: yeah, so we, I mean, th- no, I was saying it was your path forward. Oh I mean, yes, without that you wouldn't be where you are. So
1: exactly, um,
0: and I'm well, really yeah. happy now,
1: and I feel like you know I'm making the the impact that I want to make, and I feel like we're on a great path to help other people. So yes, I'm exactly, I'm happy. <laughs> exactly. I
0: I don't know how we met. I don't know. I don't know how this happened. I know that you were the first of the founders that I connected with. Um,
1: I, I think we think we had an exchange on LinkedIn possibly.
0: Maybe so, maybe so. Um I, I think someone referred me to the fourth floor. I, I don't remember uh, <laughs> one of your members or something. It was really like, I had like four or five people say, oh, you should you should check out the fourth floor. And I'm like, oh, I'm already a member, but I can't remember who first referred me, but you're definitely quickly like became an overnight sensation, nationally known. I mean, I've had, i would say at least 15 women who are um people i know love and respect uh, across the country not just in one area either across the country um mentioned the fourth floor and i'm like wow i don't know that they've even paid for any promotion <laughs> you know
1: it's that's incredible. the best thing word of it mouth is. is the best uh yeah the best totally yeah
0: EARNED uh, EARNED ADVERTISING, IF YOU WILL, WORD OF MOUTH, but YEAH, NO PAID PROMOTION, SO HERE IS THE PART OF THE SHOW THAT SOME PEOPLE LOVE IT, SOME PEOPLE HATE IT, um, IT'S NEW, I'M GOING TO KEEP DOING IT, I LOVE IT, IT'S CALLED THE WILD CARD QUESTION, I DIDN'T used TO DO THIS, BUT I JUST STARTED THIS YEAR, uh, OR IN THE PAST, I DON'T KNOW, EIGHT MONTHS OR SO, um, I AM GOING TO PULL A QUESTION OUT OF A BOX OF 144 THOUGHTFUL QUESTIONS, some are deeper than others i don't know what the question is you don't know what the question is you haven't prepared are you game
1: i am game i think
0: (laughs) you're game cat you got this let's see (laughs) all right here we go oh this is fun and this will be easy for you name something exciting you have never done but would like to try
1: oh wow i was just talking about this with my family everybody said we should do skydiving and i said no way <laughs> <laughs> something i'd like to try um ooh. i i um oh. i feel like i need music like do 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 <laughs> no pressure
0: no take your time we have time um I know that that answered my answer to that question I don't know what it is right so I don't know my answer but I know that whatever the answer is it would have changed over the years like now that I have a child or now that I'm older that probably you know that answer would have been different when I was in my 20s or 30s or now you know not now 40s I'm actually in my 50s duh (laughs) well
1: me too so there
0: (laughs) well you look
1: great you look great um, I'm still thinking, you know, uh, I guess it would be something adventuring, um, having to do with adventure, just because that's kind of where I've always been a little bit more hesitant. Um, are you a,
0: a sand person or a snow person? Like,
1: well, I'm Swiss, so I do like my snow, but I love my happen. sand vacations.
0: <laughs> you know, I skied the young frow when I was, uh, younger.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Or I should say it skied me.
1: <laughs> right,
0: It kicked my butt. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like to say I skied the young frow, but I literally was face planted in the snow most of the time. So anyway,
1: <laughs> as long as you yeah. have fun, that's all that matters.
0: I did, and I have good stories to tell that are not appropriate for this setting at all, Um, but one day when we meet for, you know, a post-COVID crisis cup of coffee, or better yet, glass of wine, I will tell you the story, and you will laugh your bum off, because I'm sure that this has never happened to anyone else Who skied the
1: young (laughs) Okay, that sounds good.
0: (laughs) Um, That is with the silver
1: linings of COVID. You know, like one day, hopefully, we will meet, but we have um, uh, been able to span, you know, go national and, you know, have uh, members from California like you. And it's been great because of that. And um, yeah, I
0: think
1: that's. That's,
0: that is a silver lining. And I think that because you're virtual, everything's, you know, you're, you're, you've been able to expand bigger, harder, faster, stronger, you know, all that, you know? Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't know if you're noticing, I'm just trying to avoid the question. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. And and if you want to write it later, if something comes to you in the middle of the night, you wake up and go, oh my God, I know what I should have said. We'll add it to the blog. And I'll, uh, as you know, just like I did with Breen, I will write a blog. I'll add your bio and some photos that tell your story. Um, and then I'll put that on my website and then share it to LinkedIn. And then you can reshare it to your network if you wish.
1: Well, I do have, actually, I just thought of it. One thing thing that I'm not good at and I haven't practiced is public speaking, as you could probably tell on this podcast. So I have it in the back of my head that one day I will give a talk.
0: Well, when you're ready, (laughs) my other company, that's what we do. I will prepare you. I'll teach you. We will video you. We will practice. We will put you on stage. I do big events every year. The next one's in... Uh, Well, the next one's virtual in April, and the one after that is hopefully back on stage in Chicago. Um, So consider yourself booked. The one after Chicago is in Philly. I'd love for you to tell your story. So there you go. You just made a dream come true. You're going to be on stage, 18 minutes, TED Talk style, in front of at least 300 people. Um, If we get a facility that holds more, it'll be packed
1: oh my god well thank you um i just got really nervous <laughs> are you glad or sorry that you came to that
0: conclusion while we were <laughs> oh. <laughs> well i have people who help you prepare um people who do this professionally they train ted talk speakers and um that's what we do at my other companies well at this company oh, that hosts these podcasts we we do these events each year um we get major sponsors and it's a big deal. You'll you'll learn more about it and I'll shine a light on the fourth floor and on you personally, Kat. So
1: I'm get about ready. The <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, if people want to reach you and know more about you and the fourth floor, how can
1: they do that? Oh, absolutely. I welcome everything. Um, please email me at kat.dehan. or no, I'm sorry, cat at the fourth floor dot co. So it's K-A-T at the fourth floor spelled out dot co
0: awesome and folks i'll put that in the blog as well in case you didn't get to jot that down i'll spell it out on the blog and it was so much fun i love these real talk kind of conversations no editing it's almost like we are you know hanging out chatting and someone's overhearing our conversation so i love that you're awesome kat and keep up the great work
1: thank you i really enjoyed it it was really uh a- it is a great format and it's always great to talk to you.
0: You bet. And I would love to meet your mother-in-law. Don't forget me. Oh,
1: I will put you in touch.
0: (laughs) Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening in. Bye-bye.